Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello again, welcome back to Grace Life Duras and I'm excited to be getting in the word to continue our series called Fearless. I'm sure it's been a blessing for you if you've been listening to it. If you are joining us for the first time, do catch up. Uh, we are almost finishing the series. We're in the last week or second last week. Next week, we will be having two other speakers um, joining us for the reasons why we should live beyond fear. And so today I'm going to continue with part two, which is just giving you some keys to living above fear. So last week I gave you a key. This week I'm going to give you another key as we finish up this series. Let's start with prayer. So God, I want to thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you that you are committed to us um, far more than we are committed to you, that you are engaged in our lives and that you have a desire to see us fulfill your calling on our lives. And I thank you, Father, that as we look at this theme, as we, we've been delving into it, and as we continue to do so, Father, that we will experience how we start living above fear as an experience and a reality. Um, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So I am going to start with a statement and then a question so the key one the second key i want to give you for living above fear really is that we need to stop drawing from the world meaning and including our senses to tell us who we are or who we are not and with that i will ask you the question who or what is defining you the world should not be the one defining you Let's go to Romans 12, verse 2, and it might be a scripture you know very well, but I still want you to go there. It might be something you've never read, um, so please do listen carefully. Romans 12, verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In the New Living Translation, it says it like this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Go with me before I make my point. Let's go to Colossians 3, verse 1 to 3. And we might actually, for time's sake, only focus on verse 3. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. If we read it in the Amplified Version, it says it like this. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died, and your new real life 
is hidden with Christ in God. See, these verses are more than scriptural encouragements. They are actual commands to not draw from the world. The first verse is telling us that if we draw from the, the world, we will conform to its image. The second scripture I read to you in Colossians is telling you that you are to set your mind and keep on setting it on heavenly realities. For concerning the world, we have died to the world. Okay? They are not telling us to become like fools, however. What do I mean by that? It doesn't mean you put your head in the ground like the ostrich in Africa and you just hide from the world. That's not what it's saying. There's nothing wrong with knowing information in the world. However, what it is telling us is that there is a difference and a different reality or truth that we need to connect with when we become born again. This means we have to disconnect from the world's way of doing things, seeing things and believing things if we want to live in the new place of connection to the truth and the true reality of who we are in Christ. Why am I starting by sharing this is because if we truly want to live above fear, it means we have to live in a place where there is no fear because everything in the world is constantly sending us a message. Your home is sending a message. Your clothes is sending a message. Your phone is sending a message. Your um, Everything you do, your business, your work, your family, everything is sending you messages. Okay, this world is programmed to send us messages okay that's why we walk in nature sometimes and the message is peace other times you're in the nature and the the message to you is like a fight when you see animals fight that it's sending you a message okay you could be wearing something and suddenly you're like i don't feel comfortable i don't feel good in this how it's just clothes everything is sending you a message and we need to learn if we want to live above fear that we will never be able to live there constantly and continuously with all the messages bombarding us every day in the world unless we can escape to a greater reality okay for example i'm thinking of this example now is that when we live in this world, we will always be linked to the law of gravity. That's how the world has been established, okay? There is gravity holding you in place. However, when you get on the airplane and you fly, it is not that gravity just lost the, you just lost the law of gravity or gravity ceased. That's not the reality. The reality is you got into the airplane. That airplane is now functioning by the law of aerodynamics and that law exceeds, fulfills or super exceeds the law of gravity. And so it is with the reality of when we are in Christ. When you are in Christ, we are not saying that the world has stopped and that everything around you is just not real. It's real. We are not arguing that. But what we are saying is that you live by a greater reality on the inside of you. And that reality became yours when you became born again. When you said, yes, I by faith choose to make Jesus Lord of my life and acknowledge him as Lord because he is Lord. 
when I receive that, God's spirit comes and lives inside of me and that spirit and I are now one. And therefore I am a new creature, a new being as it says in scripture, united to God and I can never be separated from him again. Now in that reality, in that place, there is no fear. We've been looking at these scriptures. Okay, so that means now I need to awaken to wake up to set my mind and keep on setting my mind be transformed to awaken to that which is inside of me this reality that is already mine okay what do we also see here well it tells us that there is a result in these verses there is a result when we engage and draw from the world as there is a result when we draw from our new nature we will for example live above and not beneath we know that we will see things from God's eyes. We will walk in his supernatural power. We will be able to discern God's will and God's ways. We will be able to see things before it happens, listen to his voice. We will be able to follow him, have relationship with him, bring him honor and fulfill his purpose, his work on the earth that he has for us. As that is a truth, there is also the reality that if we do not, as born-again believers, if we do not disconnect and stop engaging and drawing from the world to define us and define our identity, there is a result. And this is the result. First of all, you will conform to it. You will conform to it. And the result is you will not know God's will. Secondly, you will connect and measure your life according to the world which cannot show you who you are. Again, you will connect and measure your life according to the world which cannot show you who you are. This happens continuously every day and every moment of every day. This is how it works in the world. But this is not how it works in your world when you are a born again believer. Okay, so let's use the example now that I've used before of the caterpillar. We know that a caterpillar was before it was, um, sorry, we know that the caterpillar becomes the butterfly. Before it becomes the butterfly, it is a caterpillar or a worm. Okay, so this is how we can compare ourselves by saying we've been transformed. Okay, when it says in Romans 12 verse 2. The transformation is like that process from cut, from be, being a caterpillar to becoming a butterfly. It is a complete transformation. Romans is speaking about this kind of transformation we go through as Christians, okay? Where we ha were before sinners, we are now saved. Where we were lost, we are found. Where we were darkness kept, kept in that kingdom, we are now light. We are completely different. We were sinners, we are saints. We were um, slaves, we are free to serve God. We are completely different, a new creation. Now, as we learn who we are, that transformation, that metamorphosis takes place as the caterpillar becomes the butterfly. Now he is the butterfly. Now he has to discover what does that mean? We have now become believers. Now we need to wake up to who we are so that we may become who we are. Or we wake up to who we are so we walk the way we are. Okay? Imagine, however, now with me for a moment that this beautiful butterfly, after going through this transformation, goes promptly to the caterpillar and says to him, Oh, you don't look like me. 
I have these funny, colourful things. They are wings, I think. What do you do with these wings? What do you think the caterpillar would reply? Oh, you are different. No, no, something's wrong with you. Why do you have wings? I think you need to cut those wings off. We are worms. There is no way you can be something else. <clears throat> or imagine this same beautiful butterfly goes to the caterpillar and say, you know what, I think I can fly with these things. And the caterpillar says, you are crazy. Who do you think you are? We belong to the ground. Or even worse, that butterfly goes to the caterpillar and says, can you tell me who I am? And goes for classes every day, sitting with the caterpillar to learn how to be a worm. This would be totally ridiculous and I hope some of you are laughing, okay? However, this is what we do every day when we go to the world and the messages of the world to define us and to tell us what we should believe, how we should believe it, why we should believe it and who we are. We cannot draw on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, any social media platform out there to tell us who we are. It cannot and simply cannot, cannot tell us our spiritual truths. We have to draw from God's word, from the scriptures and from church when we gather together as this body of believers so that we may become who we already are, but so we may walk in it. Okay. Now, it's not all evil out there. Okay. I'm not saying that, but we need to be so careful to obey these words of scripture both in Colossians and Romans and everywhere, that we need to be setting our minds on the things above. That just simply, now to me, I'm seeing more clearly that it doesn't mean we sit and focus on in heaven there's a throne. That's not what it means. Heavenly things are the realities, the truths that you are as a believer. You are righteous. You are holy. You are accepted. You are, there is no condemnation for you. You are born again of the incorruptible seed. The living God, the word of God lives inside of you that you do not need to submit to guilt or shame. You are a new creation. Those are heavenly realities. Setting our mind of that, drawing from that. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> if you are not sure whether you are drawing your identity or your um, purposes from the world or from God, you can ask yourself some questions to see where you are. The first question I would ask is When I am alone, what do I really believe about how God sees me? How much time do I spend watching things that are not feeding me spiritually compared to that which is? Hearing that God accepts me fully and having made him Lord of my life, have I allowed that reality to rewrite what I believed before, uh, be, be, what I have believed about myself and about God? Do I really believe it? Okay. Do I believe that God has recreated me in Christ for good works? Do I believe I am an ambassador for Christ? Do I see myself as an ambassador for Christ? Do I believe I am complete in him and that I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, God himself who lives in me? Do I believe I have the mind of Christ? And what does that mean? What if it's more than just verses, just Words written on a paper, something to memorize and put on walls or paint somewhere on a wall. What if it is the truth 
And this truth has to define us and redefine us so that we may walk in the things of God according to the will and the pleasure of God. You see, the answer to these questions can show you where you are at. It does not need to condemn you. It just brings you to where you are at. So the encouragement I want to share with you today in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 is something that I've been meditating on now for a few days. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Okay, this scripture is telling us that for wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, you only need to be in Christ. Of course, it's telling us much more than that, but this is what I want you to take from it. For wisdom, God's wisdom, for righteousness, so God's wisdom is spiritual wisdom, for righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, all you need is to be in Christ. So if you are in Him, how can you give into fear or depend or rely on the things of the world which has been defined by fear? How can you allow that to define you? All that can do is limit you and conform you. Okay? Go to 1 John 4 verse 17. It just simply can't be done if you're a believer. It doesn't have to be done. We can stop it. So in 1 John 4 verse 17 says, By this love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. This is challenging on its own. If you read it just like that, it should challenge you. It should go like, can you believe that as he is, so are you in this world? That does not mean you are Christ, but that does mean that you are Christ-like. He has put his spirit in you and you are now one with him. Okay, look at this. It, if, if we just look at it, it's challenging alone to believe. Okay, let alone when we have to live with one foot in the world and another foot in the realities of Christianity. That's very, very difficult. If we start living in this place where you want one foot in the world, one foot in the reality of your faith, this verse will become nothing more than a poem. And that has no power to transform your life. It might sound beautiful, it can look beautiful, but it has no power to transform your life. But if we want to start seeing consistent and continuous victory over fear, we have to have to start taking these verses as truths. And to, comp to allow it to come into our hearts and to make this the reality that is already in us. But to make this the reality we believe and we experience every day of our life in our Christian walk with God. Okay? <clears throat> we need to stop judging truth by our circumstances, by our experience or our reactions. You know, I really, as a mom, it is very easy to start looking at your actions and behavior and think, where is this spirit of peace where, that is within me? Where is this reality that I am accepted and I can love who I am and the way I am made because the Father has made me? When you know you fail your kids sometimes, when you know, know you've just done something wrong that you didn't want to do, you didn't want to get that upset, you didn't want to 
say that silly thing you just said. Okay? If you're a, a wife, when you look at your husband and or married and you look at your partner and you think, I didn't want to say that that way. That came out completely different from what I wanted it to come out. It's difficult. It really is challenging to keep on seeing yourself the way that God sees you. But I want to encourage you because I want to encourage you with this. Stop judging the truth by what you experience, by what you see around you, or by how you react. You see, in the middle of that reaction, when you're doing something and you know this is not exactly who God has made you to be, I want to encourage you to focus on who you are in him. Focus on the reality that right now, just as I am, I am his. Just as I am, the scripture says, as he is, so am I in this world. And you know what? It It's a supernatural thing that happens. You start to be transformed into that image that you believe. That is how God has made it. There's a supernatural power in it. And so let's um, go to 2 Peter 1, verse 2 to 4. 2 Peter 1. 2 Peter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 2 to 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. The truth, people, is solid. We judge ourselves by truth. The problem is we still associate more with the sin nature, the things we do wrong, and the circumstances than with our righteous nature because of our experience or what we were taught. And this keeps us bound to things that no longer are the truth. You are not a caterpillar. You are not a caterpillar. You have been made a partaker of the divine nature. You have escaped the corruption of this world. Okay? So, to experience more victory over fear, what is it that you are supposed to do? Here are some of my ideas. First of all, recognize where you are drawing your identity or ideas from. Is it from your personality, from your social media, from your environment, from your culture? Where are you drawing it from? Maybe it is. Maybe you are starting to draw it from the world, from the word. Okay, now evaluate how much of that is from the scriptures or from personal time spent with the Lord. So whatever you're doing right now, just be honest with yourself. No condemnation. Just say, where am I currently drawing my value from, my identity from, my truths from? Evaluate it by looking at what am I spending most of my time on? And then start going, okay, wait, where how much of my time, how much of my heart is being spent and invested in the scriptures and personal time with the Lord? And whatever that answer is, that will give you an indication as to why fear has a grip on your life. Whether it's big or small, it shouldn't be there. Now, what you have to do next is you need to ask yourself, why do I want to live above fear? If you're not sure, next week we'll answer you. But Switch, start switching off the voices that are diluting your ability, ability to meditate on the truth. 
And I will close by using this example I used in the service on Sunday. Imagine in front of you I am holding food coloring, a blue bottle, very, very bright blue. And uh, when I take this, when I open this blue bottle, I take a little toothpick and I put just the smallest drop of that blue on the toothpick's um, point. And I come to your hand and I mark your hand. If I walk away in a few seconds, when you touch that mark, it would have become dry and it would have left a mark on your hand. That is the power of the word. That is the power of God to mark you on the inside. Okay? It has transformed you. Now we need to awaken to it. However, when we allow the other voices of the world to define us and to... um and to, uh, our experiences to define us, our reactions to define us, our personalities to define us, except instead of God's truth in the word. This is what happens. It's like taking that blue color, putting the toothpick in there, taking that same powerful drop of that blue dye that's used to color things, putting it in a glass and filling the glass with water. If I now take a new toothpick, I put a little drop of that water, diluted water, or that diluted color, and I put that new toothpick in that and I come to your hand and I mark your hand with that diluted color. It will leave no mark. Commit to switching on. There is so much more in Christ than we can imagine. And therefore, there is so much more in you. Awaken to that. Challenge yourself. If you need to put some time Apart, set apart some time, if you need to get back to the word, if you need to say no to some things, I want to encourage you. God has placed that power inside of you. It will not happen by you waiting and say, by grace I've been saved, and therefore God has to do it. That is not how grace works. Grace is the empowering to say, I can say no to things, and I can say yes to things, okay? And so I want to encourage you with this. You are precious. You have great value and worth. Because Jesus, your King of Kings, has died and has paid a great price for you. Now walk in it. Don't be transformed or conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed by who he says you are. Because so you will prove and know what God's perfect good and acceptable will is in your life. And you'll be able to share that with those around you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you that right now you are ministering to people's hearts. Right now, as they heard the word, maybe they just identified you, just show them where they are. And Father, thank you that you show us as a loving Father, but as the Father of truth and of lights. And therefore, there's no condemnation. There's just realities. And Father, thank you that wherever we are in listening to this, wherever we are right now, I thank you that as you show that to us, whatever you reveal, you are also ready to heal. And Father, I thank you where some people maybe have to make some decisions today. I have to say, I need to stop this and I want to start that. That they are reminded that you are the power inside of them to get them where they need to be. I want to thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that's quickening our mortal bodies, that's revealing to us that we have the mind of Christ, that we can live fearlessly. That we can live in your presence without fear. We can be confident and bold because of who you are inside of us. And Father, I thank you that there will be many, many testimonies of people who started this series full of fear in an area and who saw breakthrough 
because they went to the truth and now are walking free. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.